and you're back. You are tuned in, listening to another episode of Laugh With Me, a Joke Daddy production with your host, Joe. Hey everybody, I am your host, Joe, and I am so glad you have made it to this week's episode of Laugh With Me. We've got a very, very special episode for y'all. My buddy, Kevin Johnson, he's a local music artist. Homeboy produces hip-hop. He um, He's worked with a local band. He's toured all over the West Coast. Um, my homeboy has put out, uh, I think, 10 albums, um, a bunch of EPs. Dude's got like 27 singles out there. Like, I mean, shoot, he even been upstaged by Waka Flocka. I don't know if that's a brag, but you're going to have to hear that story because it's a good one. You're going to be able to hear it when you tune in to this week's episode of Laugh With Me. But my boy Kevin Johnson is dropping a new R&B album, I believe today, y'all, on the 23rd of March. It's going to be fire, and I'm going to need you to check that out. So if you tune in, you listen to this episode, you're going to hear all about how that album came about. You're going to hear all about Kevin's past and what drives him and what pushes him to to keep creating music. Uh, You're going to hear about his TikTok stories. You're going to even hear about his time with the chive. So uh, if you're a fan of any of those things, you're definitely not going to want to miss this episode. And you're definitely going to want to check out Yo It's Kev 253. That's Yo It's Kev, K-E-V 253 on all social media platforms he's on tiktok he's on twitter he's on instagram and he's on facebook but that's at you know kevin johnson and whatnot so stay tuned because this episode about to be hot and we're back i am your host joe and you are turned into laugh with me but this is a little bit different we're going a little bit off script this time I'm really excited. I'm really pumped because this is a little bit out of my comfort zone. I've been so used to interviewing comedians, but tonight I got a special guest, an old time homie from around the way. We keep running into each other, so it was only fate that I brought him in the studio. He hit me up when he seen that I was looking for artists and, and people with talent to come into the into the studio and do some podcasting with me. So I'm really excited. So without any further ado, my man Kevin Johnson. What's up? Thank you for having me, sir. Thank hey, you. Thanks for coming down to the dungeon. Always. <laughs> hey, man. Got, everybody got to start somewhere. You know what? We got what we need to do what we what we need. So Absolutely. Here we go. So thanks for making it out here. And um, so you, you're a musician. Yes. You're, you're, a, you're a hip-hop artist. Yes, sir. Rap artist. Sure. I make music. You make music. I just make music. Like, I don't. I have to categorize myself when I put stuff into distribution, so sure. it's always under hip hop and R and B. Okay, but I just make music, man. Whatever I'm feeling, I make. Okay, even if it's pop, it's pop. Okay, if it's not, it's not. That's one thing fair. I don't do is country. Well, it's the only thing I don't do. There's money out there in country. You if look, you, if you white, you look good in some boots, man. Mm-mm-mm. You look good in some some shit. I ain't cowboy Troy. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. That's what we're gonna do on our joke daddy productions. I'm gonna need everybody to send some money into the cash app. We're gonna get this man a denim rhinestone jacket. 
Actually, that'd be kind of fly, dude. We're gonna make that it, might be fly. We're gonna do we're gonna do a country j- joint, just one. That might that might actually be fly. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, that's the, that's the only that's honestly the only genre I haven't touched. Yeah, and I don't touch it because it's just, I don't feel it. Stay in your lane. Yeah, you know I don't. You know, do, do, do if you. I want to write songs about girls in tight jeans, I can do that. I don't have to have a country twang with it. That's true. You're not you're not country. Exactly. Where are you from? I am from Bellingham, Washington. Beham. I was raised in Bellingham. Okay. Uh, shout out to the ham. All right. Um, you know, I mean, but I feel like I've been in the Tacoma area for t- almost 20 years now. Okay. Uh, I moved down here in 02. And honestly, man, I feel more like I'm from Tacoma than I am from Bellingham. Okay. And I know I'm not from Tacoma, but that's just how I feel. Tacoma's been more welcoming to me than Bellingham is. How was Tacoma when you moved here in 02? It wasn't bad, man. Like, I, I spent minimal time, like, in the the hot spots of Tacoma. All right. You know, I wasn't even 21 yet when I moved. So the summer I turned 21, I was busy working. And I was working security in bars in, like, Federal Way and in Auburn. And I didn't really well, spend... like, H.D. Hotspurs? I never worked at H.D. Hotspurs. <laughs> I worked at B.B. McGraw's. Okay. Um, <laughs> rest in peace to B.B. McGraw's. Uh, yes. I worked at Redondo Bar and Grill. I'm familiar. Um, yeah, that was fun. All right. Not really. <laughs> and then uh, when I, I didn't really start working in the, in the Tacoma bar scene until like 08. I worked at Cannes. Okay. I worked uh, security there. I don't know it. I'm new to Tacoma. Okay. I've only been here uh, two, two years. Yeah, I mean, honestly, man, I feel like I've gotten more love from Tacoma as a city than I did even where I grew up, man. Really? Like, uh, when you understand how Bellingham really is, man, it's <laughs> it's like going to Ording. Yeah, I, okay. you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's it's like going speaking to Ording. Of, speaking of country, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, not, it's not backwood; it's backwards. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, now I mean they're trying to make things different now. Yeah, it's a college town, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. No, you know, it was a college town where a bunch of white kids went. Exactly. We can say that on here. It's fine. Oh yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, I, look, I got yeah. love for Bellingham. I have love for the people I know up there still. Yeah. Um, I do have some friends who still live up there. You know, and you got love for white people. I do. My mom is white, man. I gotta have love for white people. Yeah, right? man. I'm half yeah. white. Like that's <laughs> that's what it is. Like I, you know, and my wife's white. I love her. Yeah, you know. I, I got yeah. You know, I mean, I got one of them too. It's all good. I mean, you know, you know, and I mean, but I mean, my wife's spicy white. Your wife's spicy white. Is my wife spicy white? I'm supposed to say yes. We can edit this. No. Yeah, my... Yeah, you don't... I mean... Yes. Here's what I mean by that. My, my girl... Okay, so here... Okay. <clears throat> Here's the thing. My wife admitted to me the other day, or complained to me the other day, that she is upset that she is still the only person in the family who does not have a knife. Bro. Like, a pocket knife... Like a, like a, like a knife. And... And it's funny because I was like, I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, so my daughter has a knife. My son has a knife. My second daughter, she's she's trying to take some of my older daughter's knife. Like, right. Because my older daughter, she got like a ton of knives. It sounds like they'd all get along with my wife. Because my wife likes knives too. She might cut some. My wife might cut some. That's why I can't get her a knife. Bro, like I honestly did not think the subject was going to come up tonight. <laughs> but my wife has a collection of steak knives. Steak knives. Hear me out. So, you know, I was in a band. Yes. With a bunch of guys from the Chive. My brothers, ATN, JR, Marcus, Matt, yeah. Brandon. Uh, we did a show in Boise for a Chive event. All right. So we drove out there to do the show. We got into town. 
the night before the show, went out to Chili's, had some beers, had some food. Baby bags? I, I think we did that night. <laughs> My wife was drinking Blue Moon. She was drinking this big, the big 22 ounces. All right. And we go to this bar. This is before we were just engaged at this time. So we go into the bar where the people who are hosting us and brought us out were meeting up with us. This, this woman, as, as I was walking in, I had Elizabeth in my right hand, hand in hand. This woman petted my whole left side as she walked by me, like pet, like seductively petted. <laughs> I felt her hand in my right grab so hard, and she pulled and said, Bitch, who the fuck's fiancé are you touching? I will fucking cut you. I First off, my nipples got hard. <laughs> Secondly... I was like, yo, baby, can we just have a couple drinks? We're trying to have a nice night here. I wasn't yelling at her. She thinks I was yelling at her. Sure. She tells it. I yelled at her. Uh-huh. But I literally had to sit with her next to the wall the rest of the night. she was going to get up. she was going to get up. Fast forward to we did the show. We went out after the show. Got some drinks at the, got some drinks at the bar across the street from the hotel. We get back to the hotel room for the night. Out of her little cinch bag that she had, she pulls out this fucking steak knife and goes... <laughs> Look what I got. I was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> she took it from the bar that we did the show at, from the steakhouse little spot. She took the knife from there because she was going to cut this chick who was there at the event, <laughs> at the chime event. I was like, I mean, she probably would have deserved it, but you stole a knife? <laughs> so now that the running joke for like the next two years yeah. was everywhere we went, she took a steak knife. Okay. So far, so, went so far as to when we went to Portland and went to the A-Prop, <laughs> she's like, ooh, this is a nice steak knife. I said, tuck it in your waistband, baby, take it. I was joking. <laughs> we get in the car. She pulls the knife out of her waistband of her leggings. It was like, got one for the collection. <laughs> like, bro. That's a soldier. I, I, that's why I say my wife is spicy white. Because if you didn't know, you would think she was Puerto Rican. Yes. Bringing out knives and shit like that. Yes. I love it. Um, uh, we have a couple steak knives from uh, the keg. Do you know the keg? Are you familiar with the Bro, keg? Bro, I worked at the keg. You worked at the keg? I worked at the keg in Bellingham. Like, my mom nobody the remembers what the keg is. So my mom worked at the keg in Bellingham before it was the keg when it was Sea Galley. Okay. So she worked there from the time I was five until I was 27, 28. All right. So she worked there for like 23 years. My first job out of high school was working at the keg. Dishwasher. Bus boy. <laughs> One step up. You had to be 21 to run a dishwasher. That's great. Because there was chemicals and it was hot water. Oh, man. I love the keg. There was a keg in Burien where I grew up. Yeah, I know where that one was. And that was like the one thing in my troubled childhood, my broke, poor childhood, the one thing my mom did. For me, for every year for my birthday, from the time I was like ten until I'm nineteen, until I moved out, but she took me to the K. Man, you ain't lying. So much so, it made such an impact on my life that I found other cakes to go to later on in life. On your birthday, and we'd go, me and my wife. Until a couple years ago, my wife took me to Vancouver, BC, to the real keg. To the real keg. People don't know about the Vancouver and I was like, cake, bro. What? She was like, let's go. Bro, and I was like, oh my, my god. My mom worked in 92. And I, I got to throw the story out there because it's dope. In 92, my mom went to this cook-off they had with the keg. So it was a weekend in Vancouver at the headquarters. Mm-hmm. That's where they were headquartered at. She took this recipe for stuffed mushrooms. I don't like mushrooms. 
know what I mean? But she took this recipe Not out there. Not everybody's perfect. Sorry. And she, I believe she got second place. Okay. And still got her dish put on the menu. The, uh, for like a, like a season or something like that. I bet you I've had them. Maybe. This, I mean, this is back in like 92, though. Yeah, 92. I was, uh... I was 11. I was, I was 10. Yeah, so you might have. So I seriously might, might have. have. So I remember going to the keg all the time. My mom, my mom's 70 now. So she doesn't remember a lot of things the way I remember things. <laughs> I remember her having to be at work at 6 a.m. And like 5 a.m. I had to be at work at school at like 7.30. Right. So she would take me to the keg with her in the morning. And I would go eat breakfast. She'd make me breakfast or whatnot. I'd sit in the, I'd sit like where I could see the TV from the bar. I'd sit in the <laughs> restaurant where I could still see the TV from the bar. And she'd feed me breakfast there. That's crazy. And I'd watch like Voltron and cartoons and shit. I just remember being in the keg all the time. And then when time for me got time for me to work, the dude she worked with on the line, Bill, who's like my uncle, transitioned to manager. And I worked for him when he was the manager. And then he bought the place when they started franchising him. Really? Yeah. So, unfortunately, he had to close down in 08. Yeah. I mean, that's Sorry, about, that's about when they all down. started yeah. to close up. and Because the, he just couldn't, he could financially, he couldn't do it no more. Yeah. Because he had to do everything himself. Yeah. I, I heard it, uh, it really got tough on a lot of them. There was no real support from corporate. Yeah. Corporate started to pull back and just stay in Canada. Yeah. So, I mean, the keg, so, is, the keg is an important part of my life, as funny as that sounds. It really, it really, I grew a lot as an individual just from the people I've met who came through that door, who worked there. That's crazy. Like people were just a couple years older than me who yeah. worked there, you know? Yeah. Like this dude, Drew, that I used to hang out with. Drew was like 22 when I was like 18, 19 years old. He was super cool to hang out with. This other cat, Gray, he was like 24. And him and his buddies took me out for my 19th birthday in Vancouver. Like they showed up to the when restaurant. You, when you could drink. Yeah. But you can drink at 19. Right. So yeah. when they show up to the restaurant, I'm just getting off shift. They had gone to the house and packed an overnight bag for me. And was like, hey, get in the car. Let's go. I was like, oh, okay. Let's and I looked at my mom. She's like, I'll see you tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> and we go to Vancouver and I had the time of my life. That's cool. You know what I mean? So some of the best experiences I had were at the keg. You know, I remember just for hours. Like My only job was to roll silverware. Yeah. For like four hours, I rolled silverware <laughs> and that thick cloth napkin, bro. The, that my that fingers, burgundy napkin, that right? burgundy ass napkin that smelled <laughs> so bad, bro. I had to do laundry, oh. so I had to wash and dry all the napkins. Like that was my job: was silverware, napkins. I didn't bust the tables, but one night a week. So that was always like the one thing that I didn't like about the keg was the napkin, like. Bro. Okay, like I get it. It's it, the keg. It's fancy. a lot of people don't know what the keg is, and that really shocks me because it was a really good steakhouse. You know, honestly, it was <laughs> it was considered upper echelon for our generation. Like, oh, we're going to the keg. The keg? You're telling me I can Bro, go get bacon wrapped scallops? You know how many first dates I took to the keg? I mean, I'm sure you did Bro. too. But I'm just saying, like, yo, like, yo we're going to a date. We're going to Tolo. We're going to homecoming. Yo, we stop it. Bro, I took my keg. prom. I took my prom dates. I took them to the keg. Yeah, got my got my my uh, staff discount. <laughs> my lovely fifty percent staff discount. By now, baby, Bro, what you want? I put a hundred dollar bill in that thing. <laughs> And they all looked at me like, what? My bill was only like $40-some dollars. But my dude Drew was our server, so I left him the $60 there tip. You go. I was like, thank you for taking care of me. He like brought out extra of everything for us. There it is. 
You know what I'm saying? So, I I ditched a date at the keg. You ditched a date at the I keg. I ditched a date at the keg. So this dude who used to be one of my best friends knew that I liked this chick, and he found out I had a date with her and everything. He was super pumped, and I was super pumped. I took her out, and we're we're sitting there eating. She just kept on asking about him all night. Like she she went on the date with me to find out information about him. All right. And when I realized what was going on, I excused myself and I dipped out. Peace. My homegirl was working the house. through the stand. kitchen? Fuck no, I walked out the front door. Bro, the, Let the, her bath- see the me. bathroom was by the front door. Oh, right. I had to use the bathroom. <laughs> so I walked by my homegirl who was at the, at the hostess stand. She goes, Are you leaving? I said, Yeah. And you can leave that chick the bill too. <laughs> like, go ahead. And then I came into work the next day and told all what happened. And they were laughing. I love it. Oh, that's great. I've never done that. Bro, I feel bad for doing it, honestly. Like, I was 19. Like, I, I feel like that's something that a jaded 25-year-old dude would do. Not that some 19-year-old yes. kid who was trying to get a date with this chick. But based on what she was doing no, in her but line she of was, questioning. She was foul she, already. She was foul. She was foul. You already knew that. You ain't got no time yeah. for that. We wasn't even, we, was, we didn't even get the entree yet. And she was already on that. Wow. I didn't, couldn't enjoy my goat cheese sirloin that I had ordered. I should have just had them box that up. But I could have came back later. I'll get it. it. I'll get it. You know go. what I'm saying? I'll Instead, I went and ran to the homies and was like, "Hey, here's what happened." Did he holler at her? No. Good. No, he he did <laughs> have some words with her. <laughs> you know, she thought when he called her, it was all supposed going to be sweet until he started yelling on the other end of the phone. I'm like, "Yo, man, I mean, it ain't that serious, right? It ain't that serious, bro." All right, Kev. So I gotta ask you. We gotta. We gotta. We gotta talk about music because that's that was the whole reason why I wanted to bring you in here. Okay. To talk music. We could definitely do that. And uh, you sent me that little, that little second. So with music, um, how long have you been doing music? Uh, officially, I have now been doing music since '09. So I'm into my eleventh year. All right. That's wait, wait, eleventh, twelfth. 12th. 12th year. Yeah, 12th year. My 12th year. Um, my 12th year we can making do math. music. We can, we can do really good math. Bellingham School District. We can really do math. Um, but I, this is my 12th year making music, but this is my 11th year releasing music. Okay, well, you know, it's always good to get started. Mm-hmm. And then... It, my, my start was rough. My start was rough. My start came out of a bad relationship. A very, very toxic, bad. My first marriage, it was horrible. Um, I got left, and I got left with wondering, was I good enough in this world, and all this other shit. Went through some serious depression. Yeah. Um, some real serious depression. And my dude, Smooth, knew I was going through it. He came by the house one day, and it was like a scene out of a movie when you show up to your homie's house, and he's just like in re- recluse mode with the robe, the <laughs> slippers looking like shit. And just like walk sloughing through the house, the kitchen's a mess. You got food, food all you over sure? you. Like that, he said that's literally how I looked. Wow. You know, so the, that weekend, he's like, "I need you to clean yourself up. I need you to clean the house up. I need you to come over to the house this weekend. I want to talk to you about a couple things." And what he wanted to talk to me about was me getting me started making music. He said, "I need to give you an outlet. You need an outlet. I don't need you to do anything stupid. Be alone. Do something that we're all gonna regret, or you know, we didn't reach out to you." So. 
Um, That's some real talk right there. It, it was, man, and I needed it. You know what I mean? Like, I was 28. Were you pissed? Or were you... I was hurt. Okay. I was hurt. I wasn't angry. Okay. I was just hurt, man, because I gave everything to her. Okay. I gave everything of myself to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she left me just in, like, a, a financial and emotional ruin. And I was ready to end it. Like, yeah. Like, straight up. Like, and then not even five months later, my best friend from high school died. Like, that was my dude. Yeah. And that sent me over the bo- overboard. That's when he was, step- that's when Smooth stepped in. Okay. And was like, all right, my man, we got, we got, I got you. He brought me to his house. He had a, he had a shed in the back that was a full studio. Treated everything. Nice. He showed me how to run the computer. He showed me how to, how to track the vocal. And we just got in there. He gave me beats. I wrote. We'd record verses. We'd do this. We'd do that. And he's like, all right, man, I'm going to grab, some, grab us something to eat. I'll be back. <laughs> Never came back. Left me in the studio for 15 hours. <laughs> do something. Like, I was hungry. Like, <laughs> I was like, all right, man, yeah, if you're going to get some food, get some food. But um, he left me in there for 15 hours. I knew how to hit record, hit stop, load up the new track to start over and save it and everything. And I think I recorded something like 30 different compositions that night. Not wow. full songs, but... Some full songs, some verses, some ideas, and we got rid of all but four. Wow. And he said, I needed you to come in here and do this to get it out. Yeah. You know, and after that, I started taking a lot, lot more serious and really just started writing. He would give me beats. I'd write to him. And next thing I know, I've got my first little album I'm gonna start putting a little single out here on Reverb Nation. Were you, were you, know you, were you, were you the guy outside outside <clears throat> Billy McHale's? Or, no, right? I wasn't out there pushing you like hip hop. No, I did not do that shit. <laughs> I told myself I was never gonna do that shit. Uh-huh. And at the time, like in '09, you could do that. Yeah, like dudes was doing that. Oh but yeah, I didn't want to do that because there were so many people doing it already. It was weird, and I like to support local. I like I like. <clears throat> I like to give artists a chance. You know, I really do. And um, I like to hear a lot of different sounds. So I would like to stop and listen sometimes, but other times, it's like, man, like, I'm, I got to get to the end of this grocery store. I got to buy diapers. Right. Like, I'm, I'm I'm not just out here cold chilling, y'all. Well, the wild thing about it is, man, I met these cats, uh, non-parallax. I don't know if you ever heard of them. I have not. They was out of Redmond. They stopped making music, man. They got families and shit now, and I respect that. But we, me and my friends met these cats in 2000. So I've known these guys for 21 years now. <laughs> Shit. 21 years, bro. And these guys were those guys like, hey, we were at the Bellingham Mall. Like, hey, do you guys like hip-hop? And it was the <laughs> first time I ever encountered somebody doing that. Yeah. And I didn't know that they were down. They lived down in Redmond. And they just drove up to the Bellingham Mall. That, that college that, town. Yeah. <laughs> and we listened to their shit. It was nice. Okay. It was nice. Like... I was like, why am I not hearing these guys on the radio? Because I didn't know how the, I didn't know how the radio worked at the time. I mean, I've been around the music industry since I was thirteen, but I didn't. I, mean, I didn't apply that knowledge yeah. to really understand what they were doing. But we cultivated friendships with these guys. O2 rolls around. They play Bumbershoot and O2. Okay. And they were dope then, and I had to, I took some lessons from them as I started doing my thing. They would come up from, they moved to Cali, they'd come back and do shows up here, like at the Shark in uh, Kirkland when it was around. Yeah. On Lake Street. Yeah. Which is now just called 
Lake Street Grill or some shit up there in Kirkland. It's a neighborhood grill. It's a neighborhood grill yeah. now. It used to be a bar where shit went down. But Can't I don't have that in Kirkland no more. No. My first year making music, they did a show up there, so I went up to see them and everything, hung out with them and whatnot. And I told them I was doing, and they were like, damn, that's dope. So 2010 rolls around. I'm full swing, like, I'm ready to do my first album. I'm ready to drop this. And I did. I dropped it on Valentine's Day. And, man, when I started when I started music, man, I wanted to be such a rapper, quote, unquote. And I wanted to... I wanted to be... I wanted to be Heavy D mixed with LL, sprinkle some common in there. Like, that's what I wanted to be, right? Right. I wanted to have the sex appeal of LL, but I had no abs. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted... I wanted to... I wanted to have... I wanted to have the fun that Heavy D had, but... I wasn't the guy that really danced. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. And I wanted to just have that flow that Common had, but I didn't have no common sense. All right. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it was real. I can't drop the knowledge. I can't drop the I, I can only drop what I know. Like, hey, exactly. baby, you looking good. Like, I was writing songs. Like, man, look, my very first so, album. Okay, yeah, okay. No, my very first album I called, here I, I called it Here I Am, okay. The Soul Sessions. I thought to myself. What was your favorite hook off that album? It was well, a song. I, I it was know a you song. Can drop it right now. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I, I can't. I know the song. I know the song is called "Falling Blue." Okay. I thought it was the dopest shit that had ever been written on this planet. You couldn't tell me nothing about it, and okay. I thought that, that and that song ended up actually being the best song on the project. Okay. But I released it on Valentine's Day in 2011. All right. And. Anybody who listened to it, like, I was passing out free CDs, bro. Yeah. Like, I handed the girls, be like, hey, go ahead and listen to that. Hey, go ahead. Hold that. Hold Do that. Do yourself a favor. Hold that. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> hey, listen to Fallen Blue Girl. It's about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was doing that kind of shit. I had you pictured in my mind. <laughs> right? When I was in the studio. And then I, I, I put that out, and then I found, like, start trying to work with other producers. And I used to get my beats from 99centbeats.com. Yes. Yes. These dudes Man. were selling... That's a throwback, y'all. You, these you find them on MySpace. Well, they... they, <laughs> no, they I mean, it's, it's the Beehive now. <laughs> yeah, is so it it's really? It's the Beehive now. Yeah, the dude, Tavares wow. Balltrip and all his homies. I cultivated a relationship with Tavares. Like, I had been buying right. beats for 99 cents from them for, like, two years straight. All right. And yes, I understood it was just a lease. You know, I really yeah. couldn't sell it. And that was fine with me. I was making music. These beats were dope as shit. And I thought I was giving the best bars in the world on them. <laughs> it was not. But I remember my first album, my, my first studio album that I did was called Resurgence. As if I was coming back from something. I was not coming back from anything. It was my very first studio album. It was corny. Like I was, I was such a corny artist when I started out. I understand why people didn't take me seriously. I get it. I get it. Let's pause right there, because that's that's a great that's a great way to detour into into something and how we can make this relatable. So most of my listeners are probably listening because they're interested in comedy and sure. they're interested in in that. To listen that, to my first album, it's it, pure comedy. I mean, <laughs> like, all jokes. You know, it's, it's all jokes. All jokes. All jokes. Um, I mean, I mean, it's some serious shit, but it's all jokes. <laughs> but that's the that's the thing. I mean, I, I feel there's a lot of similarities in my mind. With um, with writing music and writing jokes. You're not wrong. Dr- writing a set, especially one of the things that I found that works for me really well when I am 
I get my set. I get, you know, I know what I'm going to do. I'm whether I'm doing five minutes or ten minutes, mm-hmm. or or more, please. And um, what I do though is after I after I've memorized it, I've rehearsed it. Before I go on stage, about an hour before I go on stage, I got my headphones in mm-hmm. and I'm listening to hip hop. Yeah. And I got I got these certain tracks that I listen to that get me one hyped and two that have a certain cadence mm-hmm. that I like. And I just I just I just play off that and I, I just find the similarities in the pictures that you're trying to draw, the, the imagery that you're using. It's all it's all very similar because you're, you're painting a picture, and it, it's 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 a great medium, and I think they're very similar, and and that's so that was one of the reasons why I wanted to have you in was because I wanted to hear from an art a musician that thought process. I mean, I had somebody tell me once that comedians were the saddest people they would ever meet. And I told them they were wrong. I said comedians. And musicians are the saddest people you're ever gonna meet. <laughs> Do you really, you really want to sit here and tell me that when Lenny Williams wrote "Because I Love You," he wasn't going through some shit? Yeah. You want to tell me that when Ron Isley and the Isley Brothers wrote "Voyage to Atlantis," he wasn't feeling some type of way? Come on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You think LL wasn't feeling some type of way when he wrote "I Need Love"? Like, let's be real about it. Like. That, so you started. We know that you started music. We'll, we'll loop around to it because you started out of a heartbreak. I started out, out of, of a life, heartbreak. Like, like my my whole life got thrown upside down. Yeah. I wasn't from West Philadelphia, but my whole <laughs> life got flipped upside down, and I was just like, "What the fuck am I gonna do?" Sure. Like I was going through it. Like I didn't feel like I was worth shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's where the music was born. So for me, when I started comedy. My family was homeless. We lost our house. Mm. We were staying with a friend in a garage. Mm. Six people and a dog in a garage working two jobs. I'm working 80, 90, 100 hours a week. I'm driving for Lyft and I'm, I'm doing my pest control thing. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're just trying to stack money. Now, this is 2018 when the housing market in Seattle is going through the roof. Yep. You couldn't find a rental if you wanted to. You couldn't find a house to buy unless you had cash on hand. And that's how we ended up in Tacoma. But I was at this point where I was going to break. And I think my wife knew that. I think she saw that. And mm-hmm. I had been talking about doing comedy for a while. But it was one of those things where it was like, next week I'm going up on stage and I'm doing comedy. And she was like, do it. Absolutely. And it was literally like I needed a way to get out of to myself process. and you need to process life. Get it out there. Yeah. Bro, I'm gonna tell you what, music has been the greatest the greatest therapy that I've ever paid money for. Yeah. And I've seen I've gone to I've had a therapist, but my therapist didn't do for me. They were great, not to take anything away from them, yeah. but they didn't do anything for me. Like music has done. Yeah. I've been able to convey my feelings in so many different ways. From anger to hurt to happiness to love to to joy to being a father to being a husband. To yeah. being You know. And I have not had a better outlet for this life than music. And if I never make it big, I never make it big. I don't fucking care. Yeah. yeah. If one song that I write you relate to, then my job is complete. I have done what I set out to do. 
Word. Now, if it ends up being 10, 12 songs, cool. Better. Better. Because <laughs> now you're telling everybody about it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it got to a point where I was like, I probably around 2013 is when I started taking myself more seriously as an artist. Is that about when we met? Uh, 2013. End of 2013 is about when we met. Beginning of 2013, actually end of 2012 is when I had this revelation. Okay. That I wanted to start taking myself more seriously and really putting out quality music, not just putting out music to put out music. Sure. And I wrote this EP called I Thought You Knew, where I kind of reintroduced myself. I mean, I'm not Hove, but, you know, if I would have came up with the line and allowed me to reintroduce myself, then I might be a billionaire. But <laughs> I wrote this, my dude Carl Rowe, who I knew from the scene of music in the Puget Sound. Yeah. Um... I saw him. I, I I saw him perform one night at one show. I was performing another show the next weekend. He was there with his wife. I shouted him out on stage because I saw him in the building and I wanted to talk to this cat. I was like, "Oh shit, Carl Rose in the fucking building!" Like, and after that, he and I had a conversation. When I got off stage, he's like, "Man, how did you even remember who I was?" Yeah. I was like, "You made you made an impression from your stage set." Then I found out that he tracked his own vocals. He mixed and mastered all his own shit, and he was pretty much self sufficient. So. I was like, man, I really want to do this EP. I would love for you to to do my beats and everything. And from 2012 to 2017, I exclusively worked with him. Okay. You know, and I, I don't want to bypass my first album and second album, which I worked with DJ Finnessy on. And DJ is a phenomenal artist, producer, mixing engineer, singer, human being. And he sat through... Some of the most cringeworthy songs that I've ever recorded. I have a song out there that I recorded that I put out on streaming that I really should take down. But if I take it down, I'm going to take the whole album down. So I'm not going to do that. Sometimes it's just out there, man. It's it's in the ether. Yeah. It's in the ether. It's there. I'm leaving it. Here's why. Every man who has ever had way too much to drink... Picked up his phone and said, I'm going to call her. And then actually made that call can relate to that song. Yeah. It is so crass and vulgar, suggestive, absolutely ridiculous, and has no business being out there Mm. that it makes it perfect. And (laughs) the song is called Drunk Dial. I think I'm familiar with this. Bro... I think I, I... I honestly wish I would never release the song. I think I remember when you dropped it. This, no, I dropped that in 2012. Oh, did you? I dropped it in 2012. It was on my album called The Array. Okay, maybe not that. It was maybe. one of the worst songs I should never have put out. It's there. So if anybody's listening, they really want to listen to it, go find Drunk Dial by Kev. Look, it, here's, the, here's the thing about being an artist and being a creator is there's snippets in our life where we have said things, we have thought things, we have said and thought things through a full process to be like, I'm actually going to put this down on something and put it out there. And, you know, today's culture, today's cancel culture, I didn't even know we were going to get on this topic right now. Today's cancel culture is so, so vitriol. It's just, it's it's horrible. Because it doesn't Mm -hmm. allow people to grow. It doesn't allow people to change now, if you have a pattern, that's different. That's different. If there's a pattern of behavior, it's completely different. And I Look, think people need to, to need to make that distinction. Have we all said some shit we shouldn't have to a woman? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Was I cognizant of it as a younger man? Absolutely not. Why? Because the people I was around didn't check me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have I said some borderline like shit that I you, you could not get away with now? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. Yeah. And nobody checked me in the moment. Somebody tried to check me years later. I was like, where the fuck were you the night I'd said it? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And I started recognizing shit like that and changed my behavior completely. Yeah. Probably about, I don't know, seven years ago? Eight years ago? Around? Around the time right before we started crossing paths, I made a huge life change, like I was saying. Like, I just, I didn't like who I was. And I got to a point where I was too wrapped up trying to be what I thought people wanted me to be. Mm. And the bad thing was, I was in my 30s, my early 30s still doing that kind of shit. Like, trying to be who I thought people wanted me to be in my early 30s. And that bothered me. I, I, I feel like that's a pretty common issue. You know, and that really <laughs> bothered me to the point where I was like, I need to change how I move. Yeah, man. And how I approach things and how I do things. And I did. Yeah. And I think that's when I, when I dropped Infamously Unpopular. That was 2014. 2013, I didn't drop any music. I just promoted the music I put out the year before. Mm. And I was writing the new album that was going to drop in 2014. So when I started writing that, I started writing more meaningful shit. Things that I, people maybe could relate to on a positive level. Um, I, I knew I wanted a couple party tracks, so I did that. Because I was really big into trying to ha- have a party track that would just take off. Yeah. Um, that was big. Or, you know, early uh, 2010s. Yeah, that you was, know, that was the big that, thing. Like that party track. Yeah, that. man. Like, I was going out to clubs and hearing all these different party tracks. I'm like, yo, why am I not... Why am I not making these? Yeah. Didn't you make one with the chive? Like, uh, you did, like, okay. a chive video? So, let's I don't know how much we want to put out the chive <clears throat> out there. No, look, it's a chapter That's how life. we met. It's a chapter of my life. We got to talk about it. That's well, how we crossed paths. Let's, let's fast forward and talk about it. So, <laughs> 2013 rolls around, and I'm coming into this whole... I'm going to be just who I want to be moment. And that's how they get you on the chive. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but mine started when I went to Vegas. I went to Vegas for my, my 32nd birthday. And I had invited a bunch of people. Open invite if you guys want to come. I'm going regardless of whether or not you come. Sure. And everybody called my bluff. Nobody wanted to go. So I'd call my dude Alex who lived in L.A. And he's like, man, I'll pick you up at the airport. I'll see you in the morning. Okay. And he drove from L.A. over, worked that night. Left work and drove over to, <laughs> to over to Vegas. Slept in the parking garage in his car. Gee, picked me up and sat a pack of Mickey's grenades in my lap and said, "You have till we get to the hotel to drink these." So I enjoyed that whole fucking weekend. My homegirl Rhea actually invited me to the Chive event that was at Charlie's that July okay. in 2013, and I knew Rhea through my brother because they worked together for years. They were homies. And Rhea's like, hey, I'm having some drinks. I'm sorry I couldn't make it to Vegas. You know, come out. I'll buy you a couple drinks. I'm, I'm at this charity event. I was like, oh, okay, bet. All right, whatever. Yeah. I, at that time, I had no idea what the chive was. All right. Like that, until that weekend, until that, until that Friday night, sir, I did not know what the fuck the chive was. And I went there that Friday <laughs> night. And I went there. I, I had a great time. You know, and it, it in the beginning of it all, it was a lot of fun. Hmm. It really was, man. It was a lot of fun. You met a lot of cool people. And you didn't really start seeing the factions of people. <laughs> like it's the oh, fucking Hunger Games or something. You didn't see the factions of people in that shit until like a year later. 
you know, which I was at the point when I started going to these events, man, it was a great outlet for me. You they know, were cool. They was cool, man. They like, was cool. I, there was there was opening. There was there was friendly. They yeah. They, they just like shout out to time. Hugo. Shout out to Hugo, man. Like, Hugo for sure. Hugo Garcia. I'm a just round of applause yes. for Hugo Garcia. Yes. Hugo is honestly, man. Did you know right now he's still out of power at his house in Burien? Yes, I saw. I saw ago. his tweets two days I, ago. He's got power. He tweets. Oh, did he? he <laughs> Hugo, if you're listening to this. You have power, sir. I know you tweeted. You said you ordered your CPAP battery today. CPAP gang. Gang, gang. But I got to get on that. You do. I do. Best night's of sleep. We'll circle around to that. Okay. Best night's of sleep you'll ever have. But, you know, I met so many great people, man, in the events. Pooji. Pooji yeah. Tran. I, 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 can, can, I can confidently and vehemently say Pooji's my best friend. Really? I love that man with all my heart. That's cool. I really do, man. And he's the most amazing human being. You know what I mean? Like, that July, I went to that one meetup with Rhea. Rhea didn't go to any meetups really after that. She met her husband. Charlie's in Kirkland? Charlie's was in his coma over by TCC. I didn't go to that one. It was over by TCC. Okay. So, I never went to any of the East Side meetups. Okay. I stayed off the east side, man. It just wasn't for me. I was in Seattle. I mean, I, mean, I get that. one of those things. So I go to Charlie's. I win a raffle. I've never won a raffle in my life. I won like a flag, a beer stein that Sean Siegel had put up there for auction or whatever. Sean's a great individual too. Mad love to Sean. And I remember, man, just having so much fun and then getting invited out to the Oli meetup. The first Oli bash. Ah, the with the night I met Pooji okay. and Ryan Starr and Ryan Sullivan. Right. Like, said something in the group, in the Facebook group. And I was like, guys, I come down. I got nowhere to stay. Like, I'm, like, money's tight for me right now. Yeah. Like, I was just real honest about it. And Ryan Starr said, I didn't ask you if you had the money. I said, I have a hotel room you can stay in. Yes. Come through. Yes. That's how they were, man. I was like, all right, bet. That's how bet. it was. So I carpooled down with somebody. And I carpooled down with Janae. You could literally throw it out in the little chats. Yeah. Like, I ain't got no ride. I and somebody's no, coming to get you. I ain't got no shoes to wear. Yo, like, we're Bro, supposed to wear a mask. Like, here's like, one for you. Like, they come. I didn't have room. a chive shirt. I said that. Raul got me a shirt. The very first shirt I ever got was a St. Paddy's Day. The very first St. Paddy's Day chive shirt. Nice. Raul gave that shirt to me. Nice. I wore that shirt to every meetup that I went to from the minute he gave that to me until I ordered some new shirts. That's boss. So, went to the Oli meetup. Had so much fun, met so many dope people, connected with Pooji. After that, Pooji had me come down. Like I came down for another weekend. I stayed at his house. Like somebody was coming back from deployment, and we went out and had drinks and whatnot. Yep. And just that that relationship just cultivated over you know from 2013 until now. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, and I think that as much as we cringe at <laughs> the thought of the chive because of what it actually is. 2013 to 2015 were the best years of it in the Seattle Tacoma area. Yeah. It really was, man. And it's unfortunate everything went down the way it did. Yeah. But I um, you know we had And we we had our run in like the end of 2013. Yeah. So I got into it. Was it the Oh, it was the Halloween meetup in Bellevue. Was it? Yeah. Yes, the very first yes. Chivaween. Yes, Chivaween at the spot. <laughs> That's where it yes. was. 
Yeah, and, and so, that's because they had just did the Black Lager release, and they oh, sponsored that. that Black and they had Lager cases was of it. So bomb! It was so good. I hey. won. I won a chili cook-off with that lager being the base of the of my Bro, chili. I bought out a liquor store that was carrying it in Tacoma. I got a liquor store in Burien to start carrying. See, look, it we, we made money for them, I and, was like, and then nothing, nothing. We get nothing. We get nothing. Nothing. Oh Nothing. I'm just I'm just chopped liver. Uh, um, yeah, I got into the chive. I don't even know how how exactly. Like I had heard about it through Twitter. I had seen a few things. My homeboy, the humbler, was like, "Oh, you don't know, you know." Some, oh, blah, 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 the people, chive. People were like that when you when you were oh, like, yeah. oh, I don't know about that. Oh, you don't know you about don't the know. chive. Well, well, my coworkers, my coworkers at Comcast. Yeah. My coworker Brian was like, "Oh, you don't know what the chive is." Yeah. I don't and this is like before you, I went. This is before I went to me? Vegas well, that I mean, July. If you don't, I mean, if you well, don't he's know. like, oh. And then my other, but my other dude, Greg, was like, man, you want to see some fine ass girls? Get on that app. <laughs> I was like, shit, we get on this app. Like, <laughs> I was single inside. What yeah. the fuck? What am I supposed yeah. to do? I can look. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, you know, but. it was nuts. We um, so I found out somebody was doing one of those videos. Um, it was one of those the dance video where everybody's acting normal. And then one person. Oh, the Harlem Shake video? The Harlem Shake video. Thank you. I was blanking on the name. Yeah, so somebody was like, we're going to do the Harlem Shake video. We're doing it in Seattle at the Troll. And I remember that. I had just become friends with Hugo. And I hit him up and I was like, I don't know y'all, but I'd like to come. Mm-hmm. And the wife was like, sure, let's go. And Hugo was like, come out. Hugo was like, you be there, bro be there it was funny because me and hugo are from the same hood yeah like we had tons of friends in common like and never knew each other and never knew each other until the chive and to this day me and hugo are tight i put out a call i need help i need some i need some jerseys for uh the sounders mm-hmm. one boy hooked me up in a week was like here you go i still have like eight jerseys of his he was like take these one of them will fit you i still have them because we haven't linked back up yet because of covid hugo is just an amazing individual amazing and he always turns me on to, like, the hottest Mexican joints in South Seattle. Bro. The hottest. Um, I didn't know what uh, a burrito <laughs> taco was until I saw his fucking post. Bro, and I have shits are so fire. Three times They're, in the past week and a half. In Lakewood? There'd you go the one I'm in? Iberian. There's the I same just people, found out the same on people Sunday. in Lakewood. I just found out on Sunday, bro. You know, the, oh, I, also the spot, this, uh, Los blow. Amigos in, uh, Los Amigos in Puyallup does them. Oh, for real? And they do them just as good. All right. Now I know. I'm probably going to eat there this weekend in Lakewood. Yeah. So, but, um, so we went and did the dance. We did the Harlem Shake, and that was super cool. Um, and then there was a party, a house party. And we house roll party. up. Yeah, it was out, uh, out in Kent, and it was, um, oh, yeah, it was it Rihanna and Matt and Rihanna. Matt and Rihanna. I heard about that party, didn't go. Dude, we rolled up, we sat in the car for like 15 minutes. We don't know nobody, bro. That's how, yo. That's how right? it be. That's yeah, how it me be. And my girl, we get severe anxiety. Like yep. we were sitting there, and we we was you know puffing hard out in the parking lot. Like, well, let's just go home. Like, screw it. Like, we'll just get a bottle of champagne. We'll go down to Alki. We'll and that's we'll not chill. what happened, was it? We walked into the house, dude, and Rihanna comes up and she's like, "Come look at our game room. Come warm, look at such our a warm welcome. Look at this. Look at that. Such a warm you know, welcome. Come in, have a drink, have some food, eat." E. You know what's funny? <laughs> Rihanna and Matt are some of the first chivers I met. 
Matt and Rihanna, same. Yeah. And we still keep in contact. Mm-hmm. We hardly ever see each other. But it's mad love. All the time. You know I what? Went to their I, wedding. You know, they honestly, man, I hate that. Wedding. I hate that. I haven't talked to them in a while. I'm gonna reach out to them because I should. haven't. Um, you should. Well, Rihanna po- commented on one of my posts the other day, but that's not the same. I need to reach out to them because she wished they a were happy birthday. Because my birthday was on Sunday, and it was so weird. I've been trying happy to, belated birthday. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That wasn't. I wasn't fishing. Um, I haven't been able to find the post. To mm. respond to her. Right. Like, it came up, and now it's gone, and I can't you know, get back to it. Which is a good... Th- I'm a blessed man who has a lot of Facebook friends. People mm-hmm. who want to say happy birthday. Or people who want you know to that's what You know on that's why I, I only open up my Facebook page for commenting yeah. on my wall on my birthday. Oh, really? Other than that, shit stays shut down. Yeah. Too many whack-ass rappers ruin that for people. Really? Yeah. Posting on my hey, Facebook bro. wall, like, the videos and shit, like... Check this out. Oh. Check out this 2010 movie, to 2011 was the worst time for that. So is I that shut like, it down. Is that like a hip-hop dick pic? Yes. Just, no one asked for it. Just putting it out. No one asked for it. Boom. In your face. One person might In give it a ear, like. just straight up. One person might give it a like, but... Ugh. But, I mean, I'll tell you, man, like... It's funny, like, how many people... There are a lot of people, and I'm not going to drop names, but they know who the fuck they are if they ever hear this. They fucked up in that whole group of people in the chive. Mm. They fucked up. They got ostracized for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right? You don't get to be a royal fucking dickhead and still be around some of the best people. Yeah. You don't. So that faction of people split the fuck off mm-hmm. and decided they just wanted to be a dick to everybody else who was still just trying to have fun and raise money for people. Yeah. So I think... The wild thing is I met my wife through the chive. And I will Ooh. I will I will thank the Seattle group for that. There you go. You know, um I just saw Elizabeth like post on a comment one day, a comment on a post. I was like, Oh, she's cute. I added her. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't say nothing to her for like a week. I hit her with the corniest line, bro. <laughs> the corniest line. Alright. As you can tell, I am not Spanish. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> your boy hit her with the 2S muy bonita. Oh, son. Bruh. Got him. Look, it, was like, it, was, like, it was like power bait on the line on trout fishing. Bruh, I mean, threw it out there. You look like you could be Puerto Rican. Bro, it's Antiguan. I'm Caribbean Islander and white. It's wild. It's a wild mix. <laughs> I can pass for like seven different things. I'm racially ambiguous. <laughs> With this beard right now, people think I'm Pakistani. I can see that. Yeah, it's messed up. That's very messed I'm up. Like, just you should because, grow it out bigger. Just because I drive an Uber in Seattle does not see mean, you're fitting all sorts of stereotypes right now. Tech, Your tech stereotypes tech. are adding up at this point. But you're, but honestly, honestly, you're yeah. too short to be Pakistani. I am too short, and that, and that's why when I mow my lawn, it's dangerous because people are just like, "How much?" Motherfuckers, Bro, it's horrible assholes. So <laughs> I met my house. so I met my wife through the tribe group. And the wild thing about her is we've had missed connections for 11 years before that. Wow. So I checked her ID when I worked at B.B. McGraw's. Weird. When she was 22. How, we how much do some of the. She's a year younger than me. Just a year. Okay. So I was 23. This okay. is 04. This was in 04. All right. Um, we knew some of the same people, but we never crossed paths. She went to high school with one of my best friends. Wow. But her and I never crossed paths. So, it's it's serendipity, yeah. right? And 
after I messaged her that, I was like, yo, she's never gonna fucking message me back. Crash and fucking burn. But hey, shooters shoot. That's right. Michael Jordan didn't make every shot. That's right. Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of shots you don't take. And Kevin pulled up from three with one second left on the shot clock on this one. And I think that's half court, bro. Fine. It's a Steph Curry. It's LeBron from beyond half court joking around in practice, right? Sure. He's going to make it or he's not. It doesn't matter. So I threw that out there, and she messaged me back. We started talking, and... That was in October, early October, right I, after her birthday. I, I, I gotta say, I like the cultural appropriation. I mean, you went Latin, you're like, yeah. I'm gonna get her with some Spanish. Yeah, she not? might think I am. She might not. She might not. It doesn't matter. Because either that. way, I'm coming out ahead. See, <laughs> Mexicans be getting you laid. Whether it's tacos or tequila. <laughs> tequila gets you something else. <laughs> you get more than just laid, my friend. Um, so I was like... It was like a couple days after her birthday when I hit her up, and next thing you know, I'm like, "Hey, so I got a show, October 11th, like October 10th at uh, Louis G's. You should come out." She's like, "Unfortunately, I can't. I got a baby shower. I'm going to be out that day. This whole thing." She's like, "What about the next night?" I was like, "Well, the next night we're celebrating my boy Ryan's birthday, Ryan Starr's Star. birthday, All right. at the Loose Wheel." She goes, "Well, I'm going to be at the Loose Wheel." I was like, "Cool. Then we'll we'll, we'll hang out." All right. She's like, "Okay, cool." And where it almost ended for me was I walked through the door at the Loose Wheel. And somebody started, I'm not going to name her name, but she started screaming my name and that almost ruined it for me. Somebody who's just a friend of mine. Is it my wife? No. no. We never partied with the chat with the No. Wheel. So, and I mean, I lived on 6th Avenue, Tacoma. Okay. So I could go to the loose wheel over there, but. Yeah. Um, her and I hung out that whole night. And honestly, from October 11th, 2014 until now, we've been together. Wow. That's crazy. We spent almost every day together since then. And. You know, you you had you guys had a bunch of misencounters. Yeah, you and I paths have crossed by so many times. Your wife is the cousin of my wife's wife. That's what we call her. She, yes, Felicia is my wife's best friend. Correct. We do everything together. I mean, literally, yeah. and and it was so weird. We're sitting there at this memorial for. My wife's best friend's mom, mm-hmm. and in comes this dude from the chat. I'm like, did I post that I was here on the wrong <laughs> route? Was I like, uh, come through? He's yo, like, come party. through. We got drinks, fam. Like, oh, this is that kind of party? <laughs> I thought this was. We, oh shit! We get it. And uh, I just, I just, you know, you never know when and where you're gonna meet somebody. Yeah. You said the words uh, serendipity earlier. Uh, there's a movie that I love called Serendipity. John Cusack, it's amazing movie. Me and my wife's like Bro, favorite love romantic comedy. I would say it's top three romantic comedies for me. We we watch it top three all the time. Like we watch it quarterly. Solid. Yeah, that's crazy. So if you meet your wife too early, it don't work out. Yo, know, we've we've had that conversation right? too. We've had that conversation, and her daughter wishes all the time. She says it. I wish you guys would have had me. Oh. And I'm like, what do you want? But no, I love her. Yeah. But, but that means something, right? Yeah. And, you know, who knows what would have happened? I don't ever want to speculate that. Yeah. You know, if I could, from a parallel dimension, see what that would have been like? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But I don't want to know. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine with where we're at. Life is good. Excuse me. Life, like like Future said, 
Life is good. Life is good, baby. I got red bottoms on. <laughs> but I don't got six baby mamas and yeah. eight babies. So there you go. Um, but I mean, honestly, man, it's it's been it's been dope. I do thank the Chai for that. Um, to kind of delve into the song that I did, I did that song kind of like I wanted to have a party anthem. Now yeah. I felt like I could make a party anthem involve include what I was involved with at the time, and I did. Yeah, you know and. That was dope. We shot a video for it. I was bummed. I got like 5,600 views on it yeah. at most. Um, unfortunately, due to the due to shit I found out about the chive, I took the video down, and I can I can't support it no more. Okay. You know, um, found a lot of shit about their practices and the way they run shit that just does not jive with me, and it shouldn't jive with anybody. I haven't who's ever been affiliated I haven't looked with them. into it. I have. I've kind of separated. <clears throat> After, well, so after about is, a year that we were hanging out with the chive and doing chive things, my wife got pregnant. Mm. And that just, I mean, that's I'll tell you what, man. It, uh, you know, fast forward, like, Liz and I stopped going to chive events in 2018. The last one we went to was in Spokane. Oh, jeez. I haven't even... Spok- I haven't you know what? I'll tell you this, man. I haven't gotten to one in almost... The chapters geez. that I liked the most out of everybody. Were the INW chapter over in Spokane, Coeur d'Alene, mm-hmm. those folks, amazing people, I love them, and the Oli chapter. Those are my favorite chapters of people that I've met through the Chive. Central Florida people were hella cool. I was down there for a work thing, nice. and I had hit up their Facebook page, and like 30 of them hit me up when I was there. I was like, let's go do something. Nice. And I had a free night off from the, the work conference, and I took an Uber over to where they were. They all made sure I had a good time, made sure I got back to the resort okay, and you know, they were super cool, you know. Um, no, I still wear a, a, a Bill Murray shirt now and again, or I, I like wear... Oh, I don't have any anymore. <laughs> I got rid of them. I got rid of them. And people still come up to me and offer me a drink or, yeah. you know. The, 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 because the, there's those people, pockets of people. There's still good, good chivers, you right. know. There are. And I love it. And, and, it, and, it, and it's cool, but... I think... And it's not, and I'm honestly, happy for the time that we had. Our conversation about the chive is not for me to bash it. I'm not meaning. I'm not bashing it in any way. I just feel like so much got lost yeah. in what it was really about. It stopped being about the people and started being about a person or ego. two people and ego. Ego. So I mean, I found out some shit last year about the chive that really made me. It pissed me off. Sure. About how they, their, their practices and shit and how, you know, they weren't going to take a stance on racism and all this mm-hmm. other shit. When they had so much racism going on in their comments on their website and all they would tell you is don't read the comments. But you can moderate those comments. Yeah. You could shut the comments off if you wanted to, but mm-hmm. you didn't. Yeah. Um, they you stopped having... put certain people to the forefront. For the longest time, they had the black is beautiful category mm-hmm. in their photos and they stopped that. Really? And now the chive only has one black employee. Wow. And he's the brother-in-law to the owners. Wow. Yeah. You know, and they use him as, as that that, that, token. that token. Yeah. But I I got my hands on, like, um, like, a whole bunch of shit from this chick who was a copywriter for them. Mm. And she wanted to write a copyright after the whole George Floyd incident. She wanted to write something and get ahead of it and, you know, give their stance. And she was told no. And it was silenced. Wow. And I have the document. Like, I have all the email screenshots. Like, yo. And honestly, and I'll say it, fuck them. Yeah. Fuck John and Leo. If they got a problem with that, they can come see me. 
Yeah. I'm in Fife, y'all. Fife, Washington, if you want to come see me, if you got a problem. But to see how they just, how they handled it. Yeah. And then to have your token go talk to her about it mm. and treat him as a token. And then I reached out to him myself. I reached out to Brian Mercedes myself and was like, bro, I am disgusted that you allowed them not to say anything. He tried to give me the corporate answer. Mm-hmm. And I told him what I had. I said, I have X, Y, Z. And then he sent me a Google Doc of basically them coming out, trying to bash the young lady who gave me this information. Wow. And I screenshotted his whole fucking Google Doc. Like, like, like bro. reputable. Like, yeah. yeah, like, yeah like, they, they tried to tarnish her. Yeah. Man, like, you're not going to do that, man. You're not going to do that with me. Yeah. You're not. You know, I'll send you the link to the her article she wrote. Yeah. It is eye-opening. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad. Like I said, I'm glad for the times that I had. I'm glad for the Absolutely. people that I met. And I'm still in touch with some really good, beautiful people. And, you know. And that's what matters. And that's the problem with any group, right? True. Hey, you, I, I'm a church person. A lot of people may or may not know that. But um, that's one of the things that we I say in the church all the time, you know. Church ain't perfect. Nope. People people always, oh, the church did this, so this person did that, or, did, you know, this, that, that. Yeah, you know why? Because the, the church full of people, mm-hmm. and people are messed up. No matter where yeah. you go, no matter what circle you go to, humankind is broken, we're messed up, and it, it's just going to be what it is. But on the same side, you're going to find beautiful, beautiful people. You are. And when you find those people, like like you, man, like like we've kept in touch through the chive, because of the chive. Outside of the child, here we are still. I mean, man, like, like I'll go back to Pooji. Like, yeah, honestly, man, watching him get married last month, my heart was so full. Watching him marry the woman that he loves, and who he's been in love with his whole life. Ah, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, what I think is dope is we're coming up on the third annual Johnson Tran. Weekend getaway. So the last two years, excuse me, we've gone on two trips a year with Kristen and Pooji. Really? This year will be our third. It's planned for August. We go to Walla Walla. Okay. We go to our favorite winery out there that we found out in, in 2018. Bougie mofo. Hey, I'm a bougie bitch. <laughs> so we go out there. We, we drink wine. We have fun. This last year we went out there, got an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Um, even with COVID, we got an Airbnb. Yeah. We were able to go do some things because we were we were in the phase where you could eat outside, yeah, or you could eat inside with certain restaurants or whatnot. Not everything was outside eating, but we had a great. great we always have a great time with them, yeah. and we love them so much. And you know, I love that my wife and Kristen are best friends. Like I love it. It's amazing to me, and Pooji and I are best friends, so it just it works, man. Yeah, and. One of the most amazing people I've met, other than my wife, would be Pooji. And I'm very thankful for that. That's cool. You know, and I've been able to be a sounding board to him. He's been able to be a sounding board to me. And it's great, man. Like, And, and I wouldn't have met Etienne. I wouldn't have met JR. I wouldn't have met any of the guys I was in a band with without the chive. Yeah. You know, and that circles back around to the music, man. Like, we were in a band for three years. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Three years? Two and a half years, we were in a band. You know what I mean? We were the guys from the Chive who had a band. Yeah. Guys from the Seattle Chive group, bro. You know? So since we're back on music, I gotta ask. Yeah. Quickly, what was your best, what has been your best experience in music? 
This, this is um, a question I ask comedians, and it's like, what was your best night on stage, or what was your best ex- comedy experience? I mean, that's... So, man, I would have to say... Sharing the stage with the band in front of 1,500 people at the Neptune. Ooh. Opening for George Clinton. The Neptune. That's dope. That was dope. George Clinton. That was dope. That's a, that's another story for another episode, just so it. you know. Yeah, Because yeah. I could go probably another three hours on that one. Yeah, we'll talk about that one. Um, we have to, but, we're going to have to do a recap. Because we already had an hour on this thing. Oh man, just just cut the just cut just, the chive stuff down. Go. Cut the chive stuff down. Um, I'll give you I'll give you this nugget then. We'll go into it whoa, a little whoa, bit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So okay, best night was at the Neptune. At the Neptune. Yeah. Okay. And there's another I'm trying to tie it into what I do with my comedians. So what was your worst? Awesome. Fifty fourth Street Bar and Grill. <laughs> he got it. He got it right <laughs> My very first show. My very first show. Fifty fourth Street. No, that wasn't my worst. It was my best. It was one of my best because it was my first show, and I had 15 people show up, and they all paid to get in. Woo! It's a bringer. They, uh, Is it a bringer? My worst show, Pullman, Washington, April 2012. I was on a Washington State tour, and nobody showed up to the show. The venue that booked us did not tell us that Waka Flocka was in town the same night. That's we so- didn't know. So everybody was at the Waka show. And where? Where was it? Pullman. Pullman. So there's two venues in Pullman. Yeah. We were at the one that didn't have people. Wow. We had one person show up. I'm sorry. We had one person show up. My homie's sister who was going to school there. Man. My cousin was going to school there and she didn't show up. Man. Ashley, I love you. I don't know if you'll ever hear this. But it was like, that was the worst. <laughs> yeah. Because we still had to pay the venue fee. Yeah. Out of all the tour funds. You know, and our hotel was in Lewiston, Idaho, right down the hill from Pullman. It was like a 25-minute drive for our hotel because we couldn't get one in Pullman because it was fucking parents weekend or some shit. Yeah. But that was my worst show. Uh, so what did you learn from that? Because I know you had to learn something. Make sure there's nothing else going on in the area that night. All right. And if there is, know that you're better than that. And if you're not, don't book it. Okay. Like, that's... That was rough. Yeah. That's rough. And it, it, that kind of touches on like something you talked about in the beginning about like s- some of your first music and and how far you may have come, but like you got to believe it. You do. Like that's the biggest thing. You got to believe in yourself, man, because if you don't believe in yourself, why are you doing it? Yeah. You're not doing it to run through the motions. Yeah. Like I went to that show that night in Pullman to turn the fuck up. Yeah. Because all the songs I had were party songs. I had no serious shit, no lovey-dovey shit. I had a 30-minute set of bangers prepared and ready to go. Yeah. We turned that negative into a positive, though. We ended up doing two songs each, each of the artists that were on the show. And we had, like, five acts on the show. Okay. So we each did two songs and performed for each other. And, and had a great fucking time doing it. Yeah, that sounds the like the venue let us do it. That sounds like an open mic, to be honest with you. It, it really was. The venue let us do it because we had the time. Yeah, we had the place. Yeah. it was ours. We yeah. rented it, so the venue was cool with it. We packed up like four hours early. Mm-hmm. The venue ended up charging us half the venue fee. That's cool. Uh, we got invited to a house party that we probably shouldn't have been at. There's a lot of fucking people there. 
way too many people. There was like 400 people at this house party. Huh? And I got up on this makeshift stage. Yeah? And performed. Bit. And... Acapella? Yeah, I spit my verses over other beats. All right. It worked. Okay. It worked. But the stage broke halfway through my set. And thankfully, I was on the side of the stage where I could just jump off onto the couch that was next to me. I'm telling you, there's so many similarities to comedy and music. Bro, like this, was a, this wasn't this was even a frat party. This was just a party at a house that was on campus. <laughs> um, then I heard somebody yell, cops. Mm. So I treated it like I was still in college. And I dipped out to the car. And the homies, we all ran to the car. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. The age range of everybody who was on tour was 22 to 35. All right. That was the age range. And everybody else at that party was 18 19, to 21. 18 to like 23. <laughs> so we ended up going to the Viking in Pullman. My cousin texted me. He was like, where are you at? We're going to the Viking. I was like, cool. My show fell through. We'll meet you there. Yeah. And I gave the DJ one of my CDs. And he just went through the CDs super quick and found all the fucking like party shit and just started playing it. Nice. So that was a positive. So a negative yeah. turned into a positive. Yeah. Yeah. Pullman, Washington, worst show, April 2012. There you go. I love it. Um, all right. Let's, uh, we've got to the part of the show where we need to promote something. Okay. So promote something. What do you got? You got you got two albums. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Johnson is not just your average artist, okay? I'm looking at this guy's, we went over his track record because I'm like, oh yeah, you've dropped like four or five albums. He's like, no, son. No, that's kind of how I said it too. Not since, son. since 2019, this man has dropped like ten albums, thirteen Tw- projects. 2009, 2000, 2009. So, so 2009, he's dropped thirteen projects. I correct. took notes. Uh, seven albums. Correct. Three EPs. Correct. Twenty-seven. Wait, you did what? I did last 20, year. Last year. Last year, you I did, did twenty-seven singles. I did one. I dropped one song every other week. Yo, people don't work this hard in this industry. I'm telling I, you. I was going to be 26. My goal was to do 26, okay. right? One every other week. Every other week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I was going to do 52. And I said, Kevin, you're fucking dumb. Don't do it. You'll never get any sleep. The great thing was, out of that 26, the first 12 were already recorded. They just need to be mixed. Okay. So the work was really easy there to do. Because there were songs I didn't use my album the previous year repurpose yep just like I'm sure there's jokes you've never used that you can tie in somewhere try so I said I'm gonna do this and I did it and I was very I was at a point where I was gonna quit music Mm. until I decided to do this last year 2019 was gonna be my last year for music and after all the shit happened with COVID last year (laughs) the tour that I was supposed to be on got shut down after three shows so I was kind of like all right. No, sorry, two shows. We only did two shows last year. One in January and one in February. And I was like, fuck it. I'm done. I'm not doing music no more. Like, this is it. So I thought to myself, yeah. no, I'm going to release 27, 26 singles. And the 27th came randomly because of TikTok. <laughs> I did a TikTok live one night. And this girl comes into my live and I was making a beat. And I was playing the beat, and you could hear it. And she was like, that's really dope. She's like, can I, can, I, can I make a request? I was like, okay. She's like, would you write a rap huh. for me? And she went into the whole thing. She has She's high-function autistic. Okay. Um, her stim is music. 
and that helps her. And her thing is butterflies. So I was like, yeah, I could do that. And I was like, yeah, I could do that. And that night, after I got off my live, I wrote the song. That weekend, I recorded it. Wow. And I let it sit. It was the last thing I released last year. It's called you Butterflies. It. It's called Butterflies for Bridget. Okay. I you put it on TikTok? Uh, I did. It's okay. on my TikTok. It's on Spotify. It's on It's on all distribution. So it's on you all can find Kev on TikTok at Yo It's Kev 253. Yep. Um, yep. What's so, your other social? Uh, all my social media should be the same right now. Right Yo It's Kev 253. Good job. So... I did that, and I was like, okay, I completed that. I And my, my boy Tim, you know, he congratulated me on that, you know, and I feel great about it, man. Like, the music, again, music is therapy. Music is real. Music is everything for me. And people are like, oh, you still do that little music thing? It's not just that little music thing. I hate it when people say that shit. Are you doing, still doing that little thing? Like, you still doing comedy? Still doing that little comedy thing? That, did, did anybody ever tell you? I mean, besides, like, Bridget asking very nicely. Yeah. To do a song for her. Uh-huh. Do people ever tell you? Rap song. Hey, you should do a rap song like this. Hey, why don't you ever do something mm, with a beat like this? Bro, you, you have no idea how many times people have said that shit yo, to gee, me. Why don't you do it? Yeah. Oh, man, you should do a joke rap about... I said, first off, I'm not Lonely Island. I don't do joke rap. Like, yeah. if you think I'm a joke, then just say you think I'm a joke. Yeah. But don't patronize me. Yeah. Simple as that. Um... As far as music goes, I got two albums coming out this year. Uh, my first album will be out. It's my very first R&B album. I had a friend of mine years ago tell me I should sing more. So I started singing more in my music. Then I uh, had a studio session. I met up with Shane Lance, who works at Pacific Studios here in Tacoma. And I wanted to pick his brain. Somebody who doesn't know me from Adam. To give me an honest opinion on the music that I worked on last year. Okay. And I paid for my, my two-hour session. You know, I sat with him for two hours. First 30 minutes was getting to know each other. We got right into the music after that. Excuse me. And then he said, you know, he said, this is all good. He's like, I would love to. I, he said, I, w- I could listen to a whole R&B album from you. Wow. And that gave me the idea. Okay. And that next weekend, I went to H Mart and got a bunch of soju. <laughs> and my wife and I drank soju all weekend. And I was writing all day Sunday and then it just bled into the following week I was working from home for the week and I had these beats that I worked on the previous weekend after I had that the session with Shane yeah and I was like shit I should I should do an R&B project I just started doing these R&B beats and what I felt sounded like R&B ish and I just recorded it man I recorded it mixed it mastered it all in a week wow seven songs wow and that's Um, gonna drop this March it drops March 23rd and then I have another album coming out. It's going to be an, a full-length rap album. It's called Nonstop because I've been going nonstop since '09 with this music. Some of my favorite artists I've worked with over the last 11 years, 12 years are going to be on that album. Coming back. And we're just going to go nonstop on it. And I sent you a couple songs that are going to be on it. Hot Damn's going to be on it. Yeah, we're going to leak some of that. That so- said you that said you dripped too hard. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Bro. Okay, that see, shit. Yeah, you said we drip too hard. Um, uh, Las, what was it? Las, Las Vegas, Vegas Noir? No. Bro. Yo. That's my shit. I'm just telling I you. I want to shoot a video for that in the summertime. Yo. On a beach. Yes. 
Yeah, that's a that's a good jam. I like that. But I gotta say, hot damn, hot damn, hot damn, hot damn, hot. I've already I already told you, but listeners, that 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 was the cut that's gonna bring you into this track. So into this episode, that's what you heard at the beginning. It's a straight banger, and that's not even gonna be out until August. You're gonna make you're not even you're gonna make the people wait. You're not even gonna be able to get that to August, and that's and that's okay. Wait but for it. There's plenty of catalog to get caught up. There, on. there is. Get to know this man. You've heard the podcast. You you know where to find him on the social. Yo, it's Kev two five three. That's Yo, it's Kev. It's spelled naturally, not like a kid spelled it with a Z. Like I asked him, I was like, "Yo, you put a Z in there, homie?" Nah, nah, not kid. I'm damn near get forty. I can't be doing that. Same. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hurts, but, I mean, bro. I mean, honestly, man, musically, I'm just gonna keep making music, man. I'm I'm working with other people who want to make music yeah. and want to take their craft seriously, and I'm here to help them do that. You know, I don't, I, I can't do everything for them. I'm not gonna claim to do everything for them, but if they need mixing and they need the engineering, I'm down. Like, hit me up. Let's do it. That's beautiful. I mean, look at this world needs art, and I think I think this past year has reminded a lot so of much people. Art is needed. We need art more than ever. We need art. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need we need people just to get out there and do stuff. And you're seeing it on TikTok. There's a lot of mediums out there mm-hmm. to get it out there. So if you're feeling, if you've ever felt some sort of way, and you're going through something, you'll get your art out there on whatever medium it is. I don't care if you're making clay, or you paint with watercolors, you making beats. Bro, I don't care if tracks. you're spitting on a canvas and moving it around with a brush. Do it. Make the art, man. Like, and that's what that's the thing. Like, I did an art music series. Mm. Um, my album I did in 2017 was titled Art Music. Okay. And I just wanted to do something that was... That's when I started making music that I felt. Mm. That, I, that I felt. Like, I mean, I, I was I was to an extent up to that point. That was my first album after being in the band. Okay. Art Music was my first album after being in the band. So it's all you. It was all me. Yeah. And I have a song with Lana on there. Okay. Truth Finds a Way. It's probably my favorite song on the album. Everybody loves that song. Yep. She sang beautifully on it. And that album was the first one. I did Art Music Volume 2 the following year in 2018. And that was amazing. I did all the beats myself for that one because at that point I was becoming self-sufficient. My dude Carl had stopped making music and stopped engineering, so I had to start doing everything myself. Um, then I turned it into a series. And then going into 2019, I did Art Music Volume 3, 4, 5, and 6. So 3, 4, 5 were EPs. Mm-hmm. 6 was a full album. Wow. Um, 3 was Art Music Volume 3, All I Ever Wanted, which is kind of an R&B-ish type thing. Uh, Art Music Volume 4 was Four Seasons. Art Music Volume 5 was called Thankful. And I, I have a song called Thankful. It's just things I'm super thankful for in this life. It's a very real a real track. Then Art Music Volume 6 was Legends of the Fall. Because the first time I ever stepped in the booth was in the fall. Okay. I like that. And I had some great tracks on that. That's when I was mixing and mastering my own stuff. And I thought it sounded good then. I li- listened to it and go, I could have done so much better. <laughs> but I've become so much better I mean, since I did it all, you know. And I find it I find it hard to, to listen to old some of my old jokes that are still in my repertoire mm-hmm. I still use them but the way I did them the way I said them the, the, mm-hmm. the, the verbiage or my cadence it's like man that's bad yeah but 
you never know you learn. until you grow. You learn and grow. So 2020, at the end of 2019, when I dropped that, I started writing shit for 2020. And I wanted to write more more accessible music for people. Okay. Um, I kind of got back to the, I'm still writing what I want to hear, but I want to write something accessible. Excuse me. So I wrote a, the first couple songs I released last year were little slow jams and whatnot. Kind of a mix of rap and singing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Then I got toward my birthday and started just releasing shit that banged. <laughs> like I dropped one called Get Low. That was like my first like banger of the year. Um, then I released Prime. Super fucking banger. I killed that beat. <laughs> I killed the beat harder than I killed the ver- the verses. Really? Yeah. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go shopping through your catalog, man. Um, I, I gotta be honest. But I did you. a song called "Play No Games." I might remix the whole song, do oh, put yeah? a whole new mix on it. That honestly could have been a demo for Drake. Really? I sent it to OVO Camp. Nobody ever got back to me about it. But that I literally every time I listen to it, I'm like, this is a Drake song. Hmm. You know, if, if he ever heard it, was like, I want that song, I'd sell it to him. Hmm. No, no questions asked. I like your sound. Uh, when I was listening to the, to these new tracks that you sent me, uh, one thing did stand out to me, uh, especially on, on Hot Damn, is um, anybody ever said you got an E forty five? No, you'd be the first person. I'm gonna hold. I'm, I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna keep listening. But that song, that cut, here's. I felt. I felt an E forty five. You know, I described I really what I was trying it. to go for in my in the beginning, right? Uh huh. But the, the the comparisons I've gotten over the years mm-hmm. incorporate. Heavy D, LL. Um, I've never gotten E40. I've always gotten, I've always gotten like obscure cats. Okay. In music, and um, it, it wasn't that, like his style that 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 because your style is definitely different, but you just your sound and just just the way your voice was coming over the track, man. It was smooth. I liked it. It was good. I'm really excited to keep hearing so what you got coming. So it's out funny, this year. man. Like I. So I don't know if you if you're familiar with Q Dot. Yes, Quincy. Quincy's another one of my my good friends. Okay, and I asked him if he would mind. I always ask him, "Hey, man, would you listen to this and give me your feedback?" All right. So he listened to something I sent him, and he, he there's a direct quote from him. He said, "Kev's music is definitely a different door to go into in the music space right now. He's got the trap door, the conscious door, the quasi R and B door." And then there's the Kev door. It's got all those elements. It's got the trap door handle, the conscious door hinges, the R&B door frame, and the door itself is something else. I don't know how else to describe it. Huh. So when he wrote that and I read that, I was like, yo, you really... It's right. Yeah. You know? Because I'm not... Some of the beats sound like trap music. Okay. Cool. But after I'm listening to music from the 90s, I'm hearing the trap hi-hats and that. Mm-hmm. The early 2000s, I'm hearing the trap hi-hats and that. So is it really trap music? No. It's my version of the music I grew up with yeah. in the early 90s and then in the 2000s. Yeah. So for me, man, music is an expression of self. It's definitely an art form that is subjective. Wait, is it subjective or objective? I can always get those two messed up. <laughs> Either way, it's objective in some way. (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, honestly, man, music is my soul. It's my heart. And I love that my wife supports me in it. Um, That's one thing I was worried about when I started dating her. Because 
the the couple girls I've dated prior to her just were not feeling it. Like they didn't like how much time I spent on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the accusations of when I'm out of town doing shows and whatnot, like that's stereotypes that they were feeding into. It yeah. was whatever, but Elizabeth has supported me wholeheartedly every step of the way and still does. Like the reason Shout I have out to supportive spouse. The reason I have a studio in the garage is right? because she supports yeah. my music. Yeah. So it's a game changer. Uh, she gave me half the garage. I got to do with it what I wanted. It's a game changer. I built a baby. Studio. It's a game changer. You know? But I mean, honestly, man, I'm super excited for this year for music. Um, I also started producing, so I'm gonna reduce, release a couple producer projects. I'm not gonna really promote them. I'm just gonna put them out in the ether. If people cool. catch on to them, they do. If they don't, that's cool too. They're just gonna be instrumentals. And they're gonna be out there. That's I don't up. know that I'm gonna have anybody on them. Um, you know what, man? The comparison. You want to talk about comparisons? The one I hate the most. <laughs> I absolutely loathe. I hate it. It's horrible. It's dumb. DJ Khaled. I hate it so much. I I couldn't so even make that very much. I couldn't even make that. I if mean, somebody, maybe the beard. Maybe just. I am seven inches taller. I am the same size, but seven inches taller as this man. I am darker. You're seven inches taller than him? I am more handsome. You are? I look so much better than him. I don't have the yaki in my hairline. I don't have the dye all over my face. Give us another example. And Um, another one. And another one. And another one. (laughs) What's funny is I did a TikTok one night and somebody said, please say another one. So I was like, you know what? I'll fucking humor you, you fucking monkeys. <laughs> and I said it, and he said, thank you so much. I needed that. Now, when people try to insult me, yeah, like, I did a TikTok video. Somebody's like, ooh, words from DJ Khaled. I said, oh, you're the 8,343,965th person to say that shit to me this week. Thank you. Try something else, please. You know, like, come on, man. Yeah. But I said, hey, if y'all want to start, you want to say I look like him? Then you then you going to love the producer album I put out. When I put out this mixtape, you better treat me like he gets there treated, you too. That's and you better right. download my shit as much as his shit gets downloaded, too. That's right. And you better put that kind of money in my pocket, too, because it's going to be better than his shit. Yeah. He just has big names on his shit. You take those big names off it, that shit ain't shit. Ain't nothing. You hear that? But shout out to DJ Khaled. I can't be. I'm not gonna be a dick like that. But yeah, I hope he hears this. He listens to weird shit. He so, does. No, hey, Khaled, if you hear this, holla at me. Like, yeah. Joke Daddy would love to have you in the studio. Stop calling Drake all the time. Call me. That's right. Call my boy Kev. And you know, Kev, with that, we gonna wrap this up, man. We gonna put a nice little bow on it. And I'm gonna say, thank you for coming in studio, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, I know it ain't much, but we working with what we got, and uh, and you, it is inspiring to hear your story and how you came up and what you started with and where you're going, and that you just keep doing it. Got to man, I love it, and I hope somebody else hears this and it's like, yes, I gotta show my kids I they gotta follow going. their dreams, man. They gotta follow their passions, and that's it. That's that words of wisdom right there. Follow your dreams, follow your passions. I'll give you this. I'm gonna leave you guys with this tonight. No matter who you are listening to this, no matter what you've gone through in this life, no matter what you're going through today, no matter what you go through tomorrow, you need to keep moving forward and above all else, remember to stay hydrated and you're worth everything positive that happens in this life. That's a wrap, people.